Well, it's Christmas. Isn't it awesome? Comes around every year. Thank God. Every, every year we have a birthday. All of us do. And Jesus does too. <laughs> Today I'm going to talk about the prophecies of Jesus' birth. You know, we all like to get a prophecy from the Lord. We, it shows us how much God really cares. He wants to uh, tell us uh, something. A prophecy always should encourage us. It gives a word of confirmation. Uh, but a prophecy also get, can give a word of, um, for the future. And uh, But all words of prophecy are given by God. And he uses people to speak his words through. And, uh, but did you know Jesus is unique in that his life was prophesied in detail by Bible prophets centuries before he was born? And all Bible prophecies were fulfilled during the life of Jesus about 2,000 years ago. All of them. Every one of them. Today I'm going to show you the prophecies of the foretelling of Jesus' birth in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. So we're going to go through a lot of scriptures, okay? You're, you're used to that with Dorman, right? Uh, the first prophecies right here in Genesis 3.15. Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. This was the very first prophecy of the virgin birth. God was talking to Satan here, where God said he would put a division between Satan and the woman. And where God refers to her seed is the first reference to the virgin birth in God's word. All humans are from the seed of man, but the seed of a woman implies a supernatural miracle because women do not carry the seed. This is the miracle that a woman without a man would conceive carry and deliver a child. This is referring back to Galatians 4, 4 through 5. Galatians 4, 4 through 5. <clears throat> Excuse me. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. <clears throat> the second prophecy I want to share is Genesis 12.3. <clears throat> Excuse me. Genesis 12.3. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Here, God was speaking to Abraham, and he was, blessed, he was going to be blessed. Abraham was going to be blessed. And he said, in you... All the families of the earth would be blessed. All the families of the earth would be blessed. Jesus was Abraham's descendant. This is referring back to Matthew 1.1. 1, 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So Jesus had his genealogy told. 
right? We're, do, we're going through all of that, you know, going fi- finding out who, where we came from and everything. So here, I will sh- share the third prophecy, Deuteronomy 18.18. 18. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren and will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I commanded him. <clears throat> Here God told Moses that he would raise up another prophet just like him. There was a, a, several prophets that came before Moses. There, there was Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. But Jesus was more like Moses than any of the others. Both Moses and Jesus were delivered from death as an infant. Both lived in Egypt. Both were prophets and both performed miracles. Both were leaders and both interceded between God and man. Uh, The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Moses offered to die for the sins of the people, but Jesus Christ did die for the sins of the people so that people could enter the kingdom of heaven. No other prophet is as much like Moses than Jesus. So the next prophecy I want to share with you is Numbers 24-7. I mean 17, Numbers 24-17. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel and batter the brow of Moab and destroy all the sons of Tumult. Now, I want you to remember this scripture in a minute when I read something else. Now, this is Numbers 24, 17. We see here that Jesus is the descendant of Jacob. He is the star that comes out of Jacob. Another prophecy I want to share is Genesis 49.10. Genesis 49.10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver between his feet, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. In Genesis 49 here, Jacob is blessing his 12 sons. And this blessing was a prophecy too because uh, Jacob told his son Judah that his descendants would be rulers and that one of his descendants would be an ultimate ruler. The scepter would not depart from Judah and the ruler's staff from between his feet until it comes to whom it belongs, until Shiloh comes. This is Jesus. Shiloh is Jesus. Jesus was born about 2,000 years after Jacob died, and Jesus' ancestry is traced back to Jacob's son, Judah. Now, this is one of my favorite prophecies. We quoted it last week. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. 
And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government, there will be no end. And upon the throne of David over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Here Isaiah prophesied this about 700 years before the time of Jesus. Isaiah speaks of a son who would be called mighty God. He also indicates that this son would reign on the throne of King David and that his reign would be everlasting. This is referring back to, let's look at Luke 1, 32 through 33. Luke 1, 32. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will be no end. The angel Gabriel was telling Mary here about her son. This is when Gabriel came in and was declaring this to Mary, that her son would be born, the son of the highest. Let's look at another prophecy, Psalms 45, 6 through 7. Psalms 45, 6 through 7. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Of old, you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will endure. Yes, all of them will grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will exchange them, and they will be exchanged. But you are the same, and your years will have no end. We see here that Jesus is the anointed and the eternal one, forever the same. He laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens. And someday he will come and fold or roll up the foundation of creation. And it will be exchanged. It will be a brand new world. It says that he is the same and his years will have no end. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is referring back to Hebrews 1, 8. Hebrews 1, 8. But to the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, Your God has anointed you with oil of gladness more than your companions. And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth. And the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, 
but you remain. And they will all grow old like a garment. Like a cloak, you will fold them up, and they will be exchanged. But you are the same, and your years will not fail. Isn't that awesome? Another prophecy is Isaiah 40, 3 through 5. Isaiah 40, 3 through 5. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Isaiah is prophesying about the glory of the Lord being revealed, which is Jesus. And about a person in the, des- in the desert who prepares the way of the Lord. This prophecy told about the life of John the Baptist, who played a very important role in preparing the groundwork for Jesus' ministry. Jesus was born shortly after John the Baptist, and John always said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near, speaking of Jesus. This is referring back to, let's read Luke 1, 67 through 76. Luke 1, 67 through 76. <clears throat> now his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. And has raised up a horn of salvation, his holy prophet, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. Here Zechariah was prophesying about the coming Messiah, which is Jesus, who saves us and delivers us. This, And then in verse 76, Zechariah is prophesying about his son, John the Baptist. He says here in verse 76, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way. That was John the Baptist. Another prophecy is Daniel 9, 25. Daniel 9.25 Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks the streets shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. 
This is referring back to Luke 2, 1 through 2. Let's read that, Luke 1, I mean Luke 2, 1 through 2. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census took place while Carinus was governing in Syria. In Daniel, we see the restoration and the rebuilding of Jerusalem until Messiah comes, which is Jesus. But in Luke, we see troublesome times. Uh, a decree went out from Caesar, and he wanted all the world, the world as they knew it, to be registered. They lived under a Roman law. And everyone had to travel long distances if they didn't live in the city they were born in. So they had to go back to their birthplace. And this was very hard to travel back then. Let's look at Isaiah 7, 14. Isaiah 7, 14. This is another prophecy. <clears throat> I love this one too. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Okay, this is referring to, let's look at Luke 1, 26 through 31. Luke 1, 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. You see how the, all the lineage goes down. Joseph was of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Here in Isaiah and in Luke, we see that Jesus would be born of a virgin. This was for a sign to the unbelievers, a miracle birth by the Holy Spirit. This also refers back to Romans 6, 4, where it says, Just as Christ has raised, was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. See, Christ was raised by the glory of the Father. The glory is the Holy Spirit. Then in Romans 8, 11, it says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, this is the same Holy Spirit, or the glory of the Father that came upon Mary to conceive. The Holy Spirit is the same, the glory, is the glory, or the glory is the Holy Spirit. His name, the angel said, was to be Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, God with us. Another prophecy is Micah 5.2, Micah 5.2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, 
Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. It was prophesied that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, a tiny village just south of Jerusalem. But it also says, out of you, Bethlehem, would come a ruler whose goings forth would be from old, from everlasting. This is speaking of Jesus' eternal deity. And this is also referring back to Luke 2, 4 through 7. Let's read Luke 2, 4 through 7. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because it was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In Isaiah 66, 7, <clears throat> I don't have that down, Rod. Do you want to pull up Isaiah 66, 7? It says, before she travailed, she gave birth. Before her pain came, she delivered a male child. We believe that Mary did not have childbirth pains because pain is part of the curse. And Jesus came to do away with the curse. Amen. Amen. Let's look at Luke, let's continue in Luke 2, 8 through 14. Luke 2, 8 through 14. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there were with the angels. Don't you wish you could just been out there in that field with them? And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. This is not a prophecy uh, because angels proclaim or announce what God has told them to say. But they are telling the shepherds of the good news of a baby in a manger. Then the shepherds said to each other, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass. And they went to Bethlehem and found Mary and Joseph and the baby laying in a manger. And then you know what they did? They went out and they told everybody they could find the good news of Jesus' birth. Now seven days later... 
Mary and Joseph took that trip all the way from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. Seven days later, ladies. <laughs> I don't think I would want to get on a donkey and go seven days later after childbirth, but she didn't have pains, did she? Amen. Seven days later, Mary and Joseph took baby Jesus to be circumcised on the eighth day in Jerusalem to present him to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice to God. There was a holy, devout man named Simeon, and the Holy Spirit came upon him. So let's read about this. This prophecy is Luke two twenty-seven through 35. So he, Simeon, came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. A lot to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a son which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many, many hearts may be revealed. We see here that Simeon saw Jesus and he prophesied saying that his eyes had seen his salvation, which is Jesus. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, that's us, and glory to Israel. See, God covered both Gentile and Jew. Then he prophesied to Mary and said, Your child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which would would be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. See, a sword was pierced through Jesus' side as Mary sat there and watched it. And her soul was pierced with heartbreak. As she watched Jesus being pierced. This is referring, this prophecy refers back to Isaiah 8, 14 through 15. Which says, He will be as a sanctuary, but a stone of stumbling. A rock of offense to both the house of Israel. As a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many among them shall stumble. They shall fall and be broken and be snared and taken. Okay, now let's read the other prophecy. I love this about the, <clears throat> this prophecy. Isaiah 66. Isaiah 66. The multitude of camels shall cover your land, your dromedaries and the, of Media and Ephra. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, 
and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. Now, you know what this is referring to. Referring, let's go to Matthew 2, 1 through 12. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard these sayings, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the child was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, Bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them until it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their country, their own country, another way. <clears throat> Let me get a drink. It took the wise men. Now, I want y'all to understand this. We, we always see this on um, movies and shows and stuff that the wise men were there when Jesus was a baby. But it wasn't. He, it took the wise men two years to travel by camel from their countries in the east. There was three different countries they came from. All the way to Israel to find the king of the Jews. By, the time Jesus, by that time, Jesus was about two years old. And Mary and Joseph lived in a house. See here in Matthew 2.11, it says that they went into the house. It, they went into Mary and Joseph's house. Herod was not just troubled. He was furious. He was a, 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 just in a rage when he heard this. The wise men went into King Herod, and with all boldness, I mean, you know, they said, where is this king? Where is this king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. This made King Herod furious. There wasn't just three of them, uh, like we see in the movies and plays. Each one had several servants, and they traveled uh, to, with, on camels with them. They, they served them. 
Uh, they weren't just wise men, but they were all three kings in their own countries. And God led them by a star in the heavens, but God put it in their heart to leave their own country and travel for two years all that way to come worship someone they'd never had met. Isn't our God awesome? They probably stayed in Herod's palace since they were kings too. But when Herod was alone, he gathered his priests and his scribes and said, where is this king? Oh, he was mad. Where is this king? And they told him it would be born, this baby would be born in Bethlehem. Then he started plotting his scheme. He told the wise men, go find this child and bring word to me. He was telling the wise men this, but he didn't want to worship this baby. He wanted to kill him. He was so jealous, no one else would be king but him. They left, the wise men left, and the star in the heavens guided them and went over the house of Jesus where the two-year-old little boy was with Mary. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. The star in the heavens led them to the, the star, which is the child Jesus. Remember that scripture I read in Deuteronomy earlier? Let me go back to that. I mean numbers numbers 24 17 I see him but not now behold him but not near a star shall come out of Jacob Jesus is that star now when we sing that song in a minute. I want you to understand it's not the star, the twinkly star in the sky. God did lead them by a star, yes. But Jesus is the star. That is why they were rejoicing with exceedingly great joy. It wasn't because of the star in the heavens. It was because they saw the star. The star. <laughs> They gave Jesus their treasures, their gold, their frankincense, and myrrh. And this was enough to provide their trip to Egypt. And all the time they lived there in Egypt and all the trip back. When they were warned, then they were warned by God in a dream to go home another way. Let's uh, look at the next prophecy, Hosea 11, 1. Hosea 11, 1. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. And this is referring, let's go to Matthew 2, 13 through 15. Matthew 2, 15, 13 through 15. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother. Flee to Egypt. Now, Joseph had this dream, and he saw God and said, 
he, God said, flee to Egypt and stay there till I bring you a word. For Herod will speak, will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. In Hosea, we see God is saying he called his son out of Egypt. Then Joseph was warned in a dream to flee to Egypt. So in the middle of the night, Joseph fled with Mary and baby Jesus to Egypt. They left in obedience to what God said. They had to leave everything. They had to leave everything they had in their house behind. They had to travel with a two-year-old. Can you imagine traveling that distance with a two-year-old? I guess Jesus was a good baby. By donkey, if they had a donkey. If not, they had to walk. And they traveled several several hundreds of miles. I'm not really sure. I tried to look up <laughs> online. Uh -oh. Told you this thing doesn't fit my ear. Um, several miles to Egypt. And anyway, I got several different um, mileages. They, one, one, um, one said it was 700 miles, one said it was 367 miles, and one said it was 7 miles. So that's a great big difference, so I don't know. Jesus, though, was born around 6 B.C., and the wise men arrived in Jerusalem two years later, which was 4 B.C., because B.C.'s travel backwards. I mean, it's 6 B.C. when Jesus was born. It's 4 B.C. when the wise men appeared in Jerusalem. And the same year Joseph took, in 4 B.C., took his family to Egypt to live. But God saved Jesus when he told Joseph to go in a dream, to go to Egypt. Uh, the next prophecy I want to read is Jeremiah thirty-one fifteen. Thus says the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitterness, weeping, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children because they were no more. This is so sad. Let's read in Matthew 2, 16 through 18. Matthew 2, this is referring to that prophecy. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were born in Bethlehem in all the districts, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they were no more. The prophet Jeremiah spoke of that future slaughter of the children of Israel, which took place with Herod. Herod went crazy with rage and told all of his soldiers to kill all the baby boys under the age of two in and around Bethlehem. This was probably hundreds of children slaughtered by the sword. 
which is another indication that shows that Jesus was two years old. Also, Herod died shortly after the slaughter of the children. But Joseph didn't come back home till God told him to return. Now let's look at that prophecy, Isaiah 11, 1 through 2. Isaiah 11, 1 through 2. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And there's another prophecy. It says, Isaiah 11, and let's go down to 10. Isaiah eleven ten, And in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse, who shall stand as a banner to the people. For the Gentiles shall seek him, that's us, and his resting place shall be glorious. The prophet Isaiah speaks of a ruler who would be a descendant of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. This descendant would rule with justice, faith, and peace. This descendant would also become a standard for people throughout the world. And this descendant would be sought by people throughout the world. Jesus is the fulfillment of this Old Testament prophecy and is the descendant of Jesse. Jesus has become a standard for people throughout the world. In fact, Christianity is the first religion to spread to every country in the world. The words of Jesus have been taught to people everywhere. In the Old Testament, there are over 300 prophecies about the coming of Christ. 300. The odds that even 10 of them could be fulfilled by one person would be impossible. But we know that all of them have been fulfilled by Jesus. Every one of them have been fulfilled. In Isaiah 61, there is a passage that speaks of anointed one who preaches the good news to the poor, frees the people who are imprisoned, heals the blind, and releases the oppressed. About 700 years after the time of Isaiah, Jesus himself prophesied this to himself and related this to the Bible passage in Isaiah. So let's read Luke 4, 18. Luke 4, 18. Jesus was prophesying about himself. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty all those who are oppressed, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed 
on him. I'm sure a holy hush was there. Nobody said a word. And he said, and he began to say to them, after he sat down, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He was the prophet, and all prophecies were fulfilled in him. The angel's song was the first Christmas song sung about Jesus. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to men. That was the first Christmas song. Jesus, the star, sent himself to earth to guide the way to his birth by a star. (laughs) Jesus is the bright and morning star. The first gifts were given to the baby Jesus, which he is the giver. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He was the gift of love, and he was the giver. So I pray that this Christmas, that the revelation of Jesus' birth will be enlightened and open up to you, that you will see and understand more when you read the Christmas story to your family. I hope all of y'all do that. The real true meaning of Christmas, just as (laughs) she sang today, happy happy birthday, Jesus. This is his birthday. It's not about us. It's about him. And I pray that the love of Christ and the love of Jesus brings us all peace in our families and peace. And that joy will be there because we are full of peace and joy and the Holy Spirit, that let that love fill you this Christmas and the joy of peace fill you, I pray in Jesus' name. And we're going to sing, now that we understand who the star is, I want the praise team to come up, we're going to sing it one more time. We're going to sing this song because I, I want you to realize that the star is Jesus. It's not, oh, they're praising a star in heaven. And they weren't exceedingly great. They were excited that the star in heaven sent them and guided them on the way to Jesus' birth or to Jesus. But Jesus is the star. And we need to praise him for that. Amen. Let's all stand and sing this song today. Amen.